With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from GuillotineLeagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi and my co-host today, Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. Hi. What's going on, guys? Ah, it's uh, it, we've got we've got preseason games, action happening. We're starting, starting to learn stuff, and that's part of the excitement of the preseason. Fantasy football it means more to us than it does to most people. I think the preseason hype just builds more and more every year. It's it's truly incredible. It is. I I, I think it's but I think it's great. Me too. You know, there are people who are like, oh, preseason yeah, games don't, don't get, count. Don't whatever, get too but, excited. Yeah, and it's not? nice that it's condensed now, and we went from four games to Agreed. three. That I think, helps yeah, a lot. The games mean more. Yeah. I, I think that part is fantastic. Got rid of the terrible fourth game. All of that. We will give you updates from every team over the last week or so. Notable actionable tidbits from every team, all 32 teams. That's coming up momentarily. We'll analyze the best and worst offensive lines. That helps you figure out which players you got to be worried about and which you feel a little better about. We'll do the peacock off. Bold predictions from each of our hosts that may allow you to do this. Mm. There it goes. I don't, I, I'm not sure where the peacock. The peacock's the peacock a little slow today. We, we, there. There. we just let him out of the cage. There we go. There yeah. we go. It's still the preseason for the peacock, too. Yes. We'll, uh, in preseason <laughs> it, form. He's, he's the precock right now. I like that. The uh, We'll go through our three tough questions like we normally do every episode. And players we love, but we're not willing to pay their average draft position. Players mm. love the player, hate the ADP. So lots of great stuff coming up over the course of the show. Let's begin with a tour through each of the teams and the highlights of the last week or so, beginning with the Carolina Panthers and Matt Harrison. Uh, no one is taking charge in the quarterback battle in camp. Baker Mayfield's still the favorite. The Panthers had to come out this week and say publicly that they were not shopping Sam Darnold. But all four, including Matt Corral and P.J. Walker, are likely to get reps in Saturday night's preseason opener. All right, let's go to the Raiders. Darren Waller remains held out of training camp Mm. with a hamstring injury that's not deemed to be serious, but I'm viewing this news as kind of serious. Uh, I want Waller out there practicing. So he might be sliding a little bit 
in drafts. But I'm I'm going to remain optimistic, and he'll be just fine for week one. Sending good vibes out there to Darren Waller and his hammy. Yeah, we've still got a month before the start yeah. of the season, so there's a plenty of time for an injury like that to, to get healthy. And as a veteran, it's probably okay that he's missing some of training camp here. So we're not going to panic yet. And not a little yet. later in the show... We will talk about who are and are not reliable fantasy tight ends. Hmm. The Packers, last week we talked about uh, Romeo Dobbs' son, so I'm not going to belabor the point that he's probably having the best camp of any of the receivers they've got. Romeo Dubs or Romeo Dubs' son? Ah. Uh, Christian Watson still not yeah. practicing because of the offseason knee surgery. We've been monitoring the status of the two best players on their offensive line as well. And we talked about that last week. Eldkin Jenkins and David Bakhtiari both are still on the pup list. Although Brian Gutekunst, general manager, indicated this week that both are progressing well. Jenkins appears to be a little ahead of Bakhtiari, but still no indication whether or not those guys are going to be ready for the start mm-hmm. of the season. Let's go to the Washington Commanders. Ah, the Commanders. Brian Robinson is getting more work with the first-team offense, and this just leads me to believe that this is going to be a true committee approach with Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Robinson each getting a fair share of work. It's going to be a backfield that I think everyone's going to want to avoid this year. You can get Antonio uh, Gibson cheap. He's he's getting cheaper every day. He's only getting cheaper. Uh, Let's go to Buffalo. Brian. Uh, A guy we've... uh... Didn't advocate to avoid him, but then it turned out you should be avoiding him. But maybe we shouldn't avoid him again, and that's Zach Moss. What? Listed as the backup running back on Buffalo's depth chart ahead of James Cook. And a lot of good stuff coming out of Buffalo camp about Zach Moss. If Zach Moss ends up being great this year. That's how it goes. After I bang the drum for him for two years, I will be mad. I have a feeling you might be mad because I think the reclamation project is in full effect right now for Zach Moss. Yeah, I was gonna say you'd be eating the crow. Yeah, we do have a crow sound effect. Good job. This is the. This and and there's also chomping in there. Um, um. Yeah, there is. Very nice. (laughs) But yeah, not a lot coming out of Buffalo right now for talking about Zach Moss. But that was the most uh, notable thing. Uh, With the Texans, despite Damian Pierce getting plenty of first team reps, Texans first official depth chart has Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack as the starters. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that situation later in the show. Davis Mills earning accolades for being more comfortable in the pocket, and he has been working specifically on the weaknesses that he demonstrated last year. Let's go to a Tampa. There's there's some shocking news out of Tampa Bay that yeah. most of our listeners probably already know. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady left camp, and he said he's going to be gone for at least 10 days. And according to Pro Football Talk, the Bucks knew that this was going to happen at the beginning of the training camp. I don't buy it. I don't buy it I don't either. Buy it. Uh, that then they kept it a secret. Why wouldn't they want to put that out there? That ahead of time. That Bra- Brady's going to miss a little time during camp. It's not going to be a big deal. We're just yep. getting ahead of it now. Could have managed the story a lot better. Oh yeah, people are speculating. Oh, it's not a non-zero chance that Tom Brady retires before the season starts. I agree with that. That it's non-zero. Of course, yeah, I picked if, him first in my Scott Fishbowl league, and that's how it usually goes for me. I think that I, I do agree. There's a chance that it works out this way for Brady. He wouldn't because retire. he retired before, and it is you wonder about what does is his heart fully in this? It has to be. You can't play football. Yeah, it's not. It's not retiring. Eighty-seven percent re retiring. Yes, would be mm. I believe how many re's. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> Brian. Cleveland Browns. Kareem Hunt wants out. 
He wants to be traded. As of now, still a Brown. And uh, my angle on this is if Hunt is to be traded, people might immediately jump to the conclusion that Nick Chubb is just going to be this 100% of the touches bell cow, but I don't think that's going to be nope. the case. They're just going to slide in Durnis Johnson. Yeah, we've seen right this Right where before. Kareem Hunt yep. was. It's still going to be a platoon in my mind. And, they, and rookie Jerome Ford, uh, a lot of good stuff coming out of camp about Jerome Ford. So they're still going to – it's not going to be all Nick Chubb if Kareem Correct. Hunt ends up getting dealt. So don't get too excited if that happens. In Colts' mini camps, Frank Reich had said that he'd draft Naheem Hines onto his fantasy team. You remember, may remember that from a couple mm. of months ago. Now, reports in camp suggest that Hines' role as a pass catcher will expand significantly. An ESPN reporter estimated 60-plus receptions coming for Naheem Hines, which, if he's going to be in that range, that puts him into weekly flex conversations. And what does it do to Naheem Jonathan Hines. Taylor? Well, Taylor wasn't catching a bunch anyway, so for me, it doesn't change Taylor's equation a lot. Hmm. Um, Marlon Mack is now gone, so you know whatever you know whatever Marlon Mack was siphoning off may very well go to Himes as well. And I'll note that second round rookie wide receiver Alec Pierce running with the first team offense along with Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, and Pierce. By all accounts, has had kind of a typical rookie inconsistent camp, but he's holding off Austin Doolin right now. Let's go to the uh, Hard Knocks team this year, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I feel like everyone knows what's happening in their camp, but from uh, beat reporters, it seems like DJ Chark is having a really good camp. He's probably third of the Lions wide receivers that will be drafted this year. But with Jamison Williams set to miss some time early in the year, Chark will have an opportunity to make a mark early. Chark mark. Oh, Chark That's a Chark mark. mark. Let's go to the Jets, Brian. Uh, if we must, uh, the Jets. Not a ton to report here. They did lose starting left tackle Mackay Becton. That, that is very notable. No, I meant not when it comes to skill position players or fantasy players, but that will certainly have an effect on Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, the entire offense. Mm-hmm. Brees Hall, by the way, uh, like Damian Pierce and James Cook, and probably every rookie running back listed as third running back on the. But you can't read too much into no, these unofficial depth charts. But uh, yeah, losing Mackay Becton, who was a first round pick in 2020. I believe 11th overall. That's uh, not good for the offense overall, so it dings them a little bit across the board. Let's go to the Chiefs. The biggest story in training camp, and honestly one of the biggest stories in fantasy football right now, is the emergence of rookie running back Isaiah Pacheco, who we've mentioned many times on this show. Seventh-rounders look fantastic, both in special teams and just as a running back. He is sharing first-team reps with Clyde Edwards-Alaire already. Well, he's the only rookie running back like who's listed first on the depth chart, practically, <laughs> over Brees Hall and all the other bigger names. Uh, My sleeper last week looks pretty good right now. It does. Andy Reid has noted how hard Pacheco runs. We've seen him excelling in pass protection as well in training camp. And we've also seen coaches talk about limiting Clyde Edwards-Alaire's workload this year to keep him healthier. Man, the stars are lining up for this kid. The other runners, McKinnon, Gore, and Jones, are getting entirely second and third team reps. And... There's an increasing chance day by day that your your week one starter could be a combination package of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Isaiah Pacheco. His ADP has jumped about 60, 70 spots Uh, in the last week. I bet. I bet. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Rashad Penny was clearly leading the way in snaps with the first team in training camp. But now, guess what? He's got a groin injury, just like Rashad Penny does. Uh, Probably will not play in Saturday's preseason game in Pittsburgh, but this could be a big opportunity for Ken Walker to kind of show what he's got. And the Denver Broncos will be our final team of this segment. 
Oh, my bad. Sorry, I thought we were going to break. Uh, Denver Broncos, Melvin Gordon, his foot. Uh, he's been sitting out the last few days with the foot injury, but uh, that's deemed to not be serious. And like the Browns, if something were to happen to Gordon, I don't think it's 100% of the touches for Javante Williams either. I still think it's a split backfield there. And Mike mm-hmm. Boone would be the next guy in line if something were to happen to Gordon. But it sounds like Gordon will be okay. So uh, nothing major to fret about there with MG3. You know, last week we talked about Gordon as maybe the safest backup running back you can draft the most reliable backup running back you can draft he's only getting cheaper by the day and he'll probably be fine for week one yep somebody you certainly want to consider when we come back we'll continue our tour through the 32 nfl teams give you updates from every team's training camp on fantasy football weekly there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchi and Guillotine at Leagues.com. Matt Harrison, Shock Fantasy, and Brian Johnson, GuillotineLeagues.com. We ran through about half of the NFL teams in the first segment. Now we're segment number two. We'll go through the remaining teams, the things that have happened since in the week since our last show. And we left off, guys, on the Rams. Reason for trepidation about Matthew Stafford's bulky. I love the word bulky. Bulky. I may work it in a few times in this show. I like Balky from Perfect Strangers. Do you? Yeah, he was great. He was one of my favorites. Yeah, did you know he had a, a bulky elbow? Oh. Yeah. Bulky, bulky <laughs> elbow. Uh, for Stafford, continuing to experience discomfort going back to last season. And that's why I'm worried. As if this is a 2021 injury that he's still mm. got pain in now, is it going to be better or worse in October? Is November, he ready for Tommy John December. surgery? Let's, let's hope that is that is not going to be the case. I'll also note Daryl Henderson getting a lot of first-team reps, and it looks like the Rams are going to try to be cautious with Cam Akers here. It's, it's possible that we're going to see a, uh, some kind of a timeshare that goes into the season I, as well between those two. I bet Stafford has consulted good friend Clayton Kershaw, mm. oh, who had Tommy pals? John surgery. Did any at some point? I don't career? know if he did. 
Know. Maybe. He's good. We don't want to talk that. about baseball. No. no. Uh, let's go to something we know about. That'd be the Philadelphia Eagles, Matt. Yeah, if you check Twitter, the A.J. Brown versus James Bradbury battles have been really cool to watch. Uh, but the, the big news, Jason Kelsey recently had a minor elbow surgery. He's hopeful that he's ready for week one. They said he might miss a week or two, though. Yeah, obviously one of the best linemen in the league. Yeah. That, would, that would be a loss if he can't. If he's not ready for the start of the season. Let's go to Miami, Brian. Uh, yeah, if you're on Twitter and looking at Dolphins Twitter specifically, uh, all signs point to them having the greatest offense ever, but basically. <laughs> the hype is out of control down in Miami, but uh, the player I'll highlight here is Chase Edmonds, who now looks like the clear-cut mm. RB1 for the Dolphins, and he's going outside the top 24 running backs right now based on most ADPs, so uh, I think that's a draft day steal right now. Um, he looks like... He's going to be the starter in a very proficient offense. Um, I'm not so, too worried yeah, about is Mike McDaniel going to do in Miami what he ultimately did in San Francisco, which is, you know, I got a lot of running backs, but I'm going to have a workhorse back. Pick one, yeah. And if you can find that workhorse back, they're all going at a heavy discount. Sure. Well, Edmonds is the one who's getting paid like a workhorse okay. back. Yeah. So all my all my bets are on him right now. In Minnesota, Kirk Cousins has COVID. He had COVID last year and mm-hmm. missed his only start as a Viking uh, due to COVID. Uh, so this is a second time around. Presumably, this is the lightweight version and that he will be 100% probably in a week. And I think week one is in no doubt here. And maybe it's all the better that he gets it out of the way now. And it's sure. have even more immunity for uh, for the regular season. Irv Smith had surgery on his thumb last week, tight end. He is targeting a return also around week one. Lots of praise for Kevin O'Connell's offense from nearly all members of the Vikings offense. And right now it seems like a fresh, new, and exciting uh, offense for the Minnesota Vikings. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys, Matt. Uh, Trevon Diggs quit social media. Probably because of all the camp video of him getting roasted by (laughs) C.D. Lamb and Jalen Tolbert. Obviously, he had a lot of interceptions last year, but he's not a great cover corner at all. No, he loved the most yards in the NFL in his coverage last year. So he's sick of everybody bagging on him, so he quit. Let's go to the Patriots. Brian. Uh, Running back James White retired earlier in the week, um, so he's obviously not playing this year. Damian Harris all of a sudden Rumored to be on the trading block, or they might trade him. So, as a result, Ramondre Stevenson has jumped Harris in ADP and just surging up draft boards right now. Yeah, I'm not totally sure where you know these rumors have come from, but the Vegas odds to lead the NFL in rushing touchdowns, Ramondre Stevenson was 50 to one a week ago, and now he's sitting at like. 10 to 1. Nice. Wow. So there is a, there, are, there are a lot of people. And as we, we've often mentioned, we talk a lot about what happens inside the five-yard line on the show, the infrared zone, as mm-hmm. Matt likes to call it. No team has run more, had more running plays inside the five over the last seven years than New England Patriots. And if Harris is to be traded, um, obviously Stevenson, huge jump in Massive, value. massive um, jump up. But Pierre Strong Jr., mm-hmm. a name to keep in mind, rookie running back, uh, drafted in the fourth round by the Patriots, kind of more of a, a pass-catching specialist. He probably will play that James White role, even though Ramondre Stevenson is a very able pass-catcher, too. But, yeah, stock on Stevenson just soaring right now. Let me mention a couple things about James White. Yeah, just great career. That. Three-time Super Bowl champion, only player with a Super Bowl walk-off touchdown in NFL history, and that was the 2017 comeback against the Falcons in which he was targeted 16 times and caught 14 passes for 110 yards for James White. And get this, 
eight seasons. He touched the ball 800 times. No fumbles. Wow. That's how you get into Bill Belichick's good graces. (laughs) Isn't it? Right there. It was a hell of a run for James White, and congratulations on a great career. Only 30 years old, which is it's old for running backs, but uh, they still stick. I mean, right. That's young, but uh, yeah, he's walking away, that's for sure. For the Saints, Michael Thomas's ankle rehab is on track. He's practicing. He's looked great. A lot of positive reports out of training camp. It appears likely that he will be ready to start week one. His ADP also moving up quickly. Alvin Kamara's court date has been moved back to October. So it's possible the NFL will defer judgment on a possible suspension until after that court date, maybe, but the NFL is not beholden to that. They don't need to do that, but it's possible that they could. We're going to talk a little bit more about where to buy Alvin Kamara later in this show. Let's go to the New York Giants, Matt. Uh, Kenny Galladay is the talk of camp for all the wrong adjectives. Slow, stiff, bad body language, zero separation. Some speculated him as a possible cut candidate, but they can't cut him for two years because of the cap liabilities. But if any team came knocking in the trade market, they could have him for nothing. (laughs) Seventh round pick. Gettleman, $70 million for Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Just two two off-seasons ago. Well, wait, one off-season ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Tennessee Titans. Brian. Nothing but bad things being said about 18th overall pick. uh, Wide receiver Traylon Burks, who has been uh, not running with the ones. Uh, Meanwhile, rookie wide receiver Kyle Phillips, who was drafted in the fifth round, has been running with the ones. And uh, more more bad things to say about Burks on Thursday night against the Patriots. The Titans rested their, their normal starters, Robert Woods and NWI, but Burks played. Burks also came into the game after Des Fitzpatrick, Racy McMath, and the aforementioned Kyle Phillips, and just one target wow. on 30, uh, 30 snaps wow. for Burks on Thursday night. So stock falling right now for Trayvon yeah. Burks, at least in redraft right now. He's not looking like an immediate impact player. And if we're going to talk about Thursday night, we got to talk about Malik Willis. I watched every one of his every one of his snaps. The first few throws were terrible, and it was all the bad things you'd ever seen about him. But when he got comfortable, he made some he made some eye popping plays with his legs, but also had some really nice passes mixed in there. Mm-hmm. And you you saw a player, and it, look, it's only the first preseason game of his entire career, and nobody's carving a bust in Canton here. And I walked in the door having seen the highlights from the game, and I was like, oh, I'm going to really watch all of this to make sure I'm not just looking at the highlights. He looked pretty poised, pretty comfortable, and delivered a lot of nice passes. Yeah, he's been falling too far in dynasty leagues, especially super flex mm-hmm. leagues. I, he's definitely a project still, so I'm not thinking of an immediate, even if something happens to Tannehill, but yeah, he should be bumped up uh, dynasty draft boards based off uh, Thursday night. Agreed. Uh, for the Steelers, rookie wide receiver George Pickens was listed as a starter on the team's first depth chart, although, again, you don't know, we don't know what that really means, and Mike Tomlin has gone out to discredit the depth, that depth chart as well. Sad Trombonski. <laughs> yeah, it's uh No, that's happy. That's happy. That's the happy trombone right there, trending towards the starting job. Well, he uh, is happy about that. That's right. Uh Mason Rudolph has looked okay, but it's Mason Rudolph. They know that he's not the solution. Kenny Pickett appears destined to learn from the bench for a while at least. And learn from the best. Hold on. <laughs> Let's go to the Atlanta Falcons, Matt. Uh, Cordero Patterson is getting almost all the looks with the top offense. Tyler Algier and Damian Williams are far behind. Mm. Both probably just goal line only options. 
Also, Kyle Pitts has almost exclusively played wide receiver all camp, slot and wide outside. Wow. You don't say. Hmm. Cincinnati Bengals, Brian. Uh, no timetable for Joe Burrow's return from an appendectomy, but not too concerned about that. I'm sure he'll be ready to go come week one. Uh, the biggest news from Bengals camp is Lyle Collins, one of the three newly acquired yeah. elite offensive linemen, has been cleared to return to practice. So, yeah, you got to love what Cincy has done this offseason, bolstering that offensive line. But I might be out on Joe Burrow based on his cost in drafts right now. We'll talk about that a little later, but uh, that Bengals line is going to be much, much improved. 49ers, Brandon Ayuk getting a lot of praise from coaches and teammates, which is the exact opposite of what he was getting at this time last year. Sure. And he had the very slow start to the season. Um, Players and coaches going out of their way to praise the player. Now in his third preseason, looks like he's going to be ready for a fast start to the season, but how much passing will we see from Trey Lance? By all accounts, Trey Lance's preseason so far in training camp has been inconsistent, especially as a passer. Will the 49ers limit the passing of Trey Lance? That is certainly going to be something we'll be watching closely. Matt, let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Daryl Williams came over from Kansas City, and he's been pretty much absent in training camp. Not a bright spot at all. Eno Benjamin looks like the clear number two, and he wasn't very good in action last year. I think James Conner could be an absolute bell cow this year. Ravens, uh, oh, no, that's, hang on, we're not to the Ravens yet. That's me. Brian, I wasn't forgetting you. Jaguars, please. Uh, I love Dan Arnold. That's that's about it. No, <laughs> uh, it's not, not a ton of news out of Jaguars camp. Uh, James Robinson has been practicing with the team, but only in individual drills, not mm-hmm. team drills. So don't like his chances to be ready for week one. Travis Etienne, the clear-cut starter, but uh, your guy, uh, Charge Snoop Connor, yeah. looks, like, looks to me in line for some early season work, uh, a great late-round option, and I, I think he pegged that last week or mentioned that last week. That was was my sleeper of the week last week, Snoop Connor. Now let's go to the Ravens. In Thursday night's game, Tyler Huntley, very sharp. In my mind, Tyler Huntley is the only backup quarterback worth drafting, and even then it's in bigger leagues, uh, because he gives you rushing, passing upside. We saw him in an extended month or so of starts last year in which he looked pretty darn good, and... Man, he was on fire on Thursday. The rare handcuff quarterback. The rare handcuff quarterback. And if it comes down to taking Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. or Tyler Huntley, why draft Baker Mayfield? You know, you can get Tyler Huntley where if, you know, because in theory you shouldn't need to start Baker at any point in time. Tyler Huntley, if were anything to happen in Baltimore and he's starting games, you know, you've got a potential top 10 quarterback because of the rushing passing combo that he brings. Yeah, the the Ravens have a bye in week 10. And odds are you're not going to bench Lamar Jackson unless he's hurt. So, yeah. But even if you don't draft Lamar. I'm even if you don't, saying, no, yeah, yeah you're, I'm with you. Huntley is draftable even without Lamar. But if, yeah. if you do draft Lamar, I wouldn't. I, the backup I'm drafting is Tyler Huntley. And then yeah, if I. Not if, Baker Mayfield. Then I'll right. worry about it in week 10 if, uh, you if know, you, you're going right. to need your backup uh, quarterback. Totally agree. Last thing I want to mention about the Ravens. They've got this rookie tight end, who's obviously Mark Andrews is a lead, and this guy's not probably going to be a factor this year. But for those in Dynasty and Empire Leagues, keep track of tight end Isaiah Likely. He was getting rave reviews in camp. I was like, yeah, whatever, he's behind Mark Andrews. Then on Thursday night, guy made a couple of great plays. They gave him a bubble screen to the right, and he he made a defender who was about two yards away from him completely whiff his whole body. 
and then charged forward. And then he made a nice downfield contested catch on the left side of the field. Just, you know, it's Mark Andrews that he's stuck behind. He's a tight end. You know, we're not going to have to remember Isaiah likely for very long. But just, you know, in deep leagues where you can develop guys, let's keep track of him a little bit. Two teams left. Chicago Bears, Matt. Uh, All-pro linebacker Roquan Smith requested a trade. And Khalil Herbert, a.k.a. the ground bear, has been very impressive in camp. The Bears may use him even more this year to spell David Montgomery. Completely missed my my. I had totally forgotten. Ah, Snoop a loop. Come on, I forget about that. <laughs> I'm we glad got we... Snoop a loop. <laughs> we got to find ways to work Snoop Connor into our conversations more you, often. You've you figured it out already. Yes, and our final team is going to be the San Diego, sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. Brian. Ah, uh, Mitchapalooza. What a great party that was. That's from where that clip is from. Is it? You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, not old school. Yeah, might, might have been old. School. Yeah, it's old school. Oh, old school. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Chargers, real quick. Wide receiver Joshua Palmer making a splash in yeah, camp. Baby. A lot of people are uh-huh. pegging him for a breakout season. Clearly, uh, the wide receiver three for the Chargers. And if something were to happen to Mike Williams or Keenan yeah. Allen, we'll talk big, more about him later. More Josh Palmer yeah, talk his, later. His name, All right. His name. It's not the last time you're going to hear his name on the show. Uh, thank you for listening, Fantasy Football Weekly. Plenty more to get to, including next segment where we will talk through the uh, the Peacock Off, two bold predictions from each of our hosts when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back. It is segment number three, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and GuillotineLeagues.com. Matt Harrison and... Brian Johnson with me as well. If you want to follow us, I'm at Paul Charchian. Matt Harrison is at Explosive Output. And Brian Johnson is at BTXJ. 
Yeah, I wanted to mention when we, the show first started, it's a, it's an honor to be back. This is my eighth season eight with you years. guys. I know Matt's been Man, here at least a couple, couple years yeah. before. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at 10. 10 yeah. yeah, not bad. Time That's, flies. That is a lot. So if we combine all of our years together, like 56 years on the show, mm. that's a lot of time. Man. I I, th- I think I got to be creeping up on like Habermeyer and Bo Mitchell for know, like the, 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 mo- the most you years. Are. Yeah, you, you're, you're getting a, as up a co host. Absolutely. So. Absolutely true. This is a segment we like to call the Peacock Off. <laughs> Two bold predictions for this season from each of our hosts that are hopefully grounded in some actual legitimate optimism that these are going to come true. <laughs> um, that's, uh, we call it the Peacock Off. We should have gone back and and listen and figured out how we did in our peacock offs last year, mm. but I didn't. Do somebody that. will tweet us. Maybe somebody. Yeah, if somebody wants to, that would be great. I remember one of mine. I said Kyle Pitts will score more touchdowns than <laughs> Calvin Ridley, <laughs> and they ended up tying with one. <laughs> and, you say, well, and you say, well, Ridley missed half the season, which yes, but I think if Ridley plays. That actually would have come true. He could have helped Kyle Pitts score him a t- more touchdowns. You know what? It, w- it, w- it would have been a better like peacock off to say Kyle Pitts will score more touchdowns in England than he will in the United States. Oh, that would have been. That, really you would have, you would have really got it there. Yeah, that that would have been fantastic. All right, Matt. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. What is your first peacock off? Kenneth Walker the third finishes the year as a top ten running back. Oh, I like it. Uh, last year. A Seattle running back finished with 15 or more PPR fantasy points in 10 of 17 games. And the games in which they didn't hit that mark, they had third stringers Alex Collins and DJ Dallas as the feature backs. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny were the ones who did that most of the time last year. Now, Carson has retired. Penny already sitting out with a groin injury. And since 2018, he's had... A knee strain, a hamstring strain, a torn ACL, another knee strain, a calf strain, and another hamstring strain. He's not very durable. That's a lot. Uh, Walker has been really good when given the opportunity in camp. They say his work in the passing game is much better than they anticipated. And 15 PPR points per game seems very manageable Mm -hmm. for a running back. Running backs number 7 through 14 last year all finished with about 15 PPR points per game last year. That was Zeke, Antonio Gibson, Aaron Jones, Cordero Patterson, David Montgomery. Kenneth Walker is going to finish right in there if he gets the full workload there. Top 10 running back. All right. I mean, aided by the recent groin injury sure. uh, to Rashad Penny, but you know what? This is par for the course for him. He doesn't get the benefit no. of the doubt on injuries you're, anymore. You're getting Walker in the 7th or 8th round right now, too. I like all of that. Uh, Brian, who, what is your peacock-off? Your first of two peacock-offs. My first peacock-off is Saquon Barkley will be, now I was going to say a top three, but I'm going to say the top running back in PPR this season, Saquon wow, Barkley. number one. So I'm basically predicting he returns to his rookie year form in uh, 2018 when he was the number one overall running back in PPR. And uh, why can't he get there? He's still very young. Uh, of course, his career suffered a major setback in 2020 when he blew out his ACL. It affected him last year. Running backs generally take two years to return from such an injury. And uh, speaking of injuries, some people are calling him injury prone because he also hurt his ankle last year. Mm-hmm. That was a very fluky injury. He stepped on a teammate's ankle while 
gaining like 20 yards on a, a nice explosive run. Yeah. But uh, he looks great in camp right now. The Giants invested heavily in their offensive line in the offseason. They also have a new head coach, offensive-minded Brian Dable, who's the former OC from the Bills. So Saquon Barkley, a guy who in you know, March, April, going mid to late third round yeah. and creep to late second, and now it's creeped to early second. He's going to be a first-round pick uh, in a couple weeks, if not there already. I mean, I love Saquon Barkley, where you're still a great value late in the se- or early in the second round right now. My first of two, Peacock offs, Trey Lance will finish as a top-five fantasy quarterback this year. This one, I think you're crazy. Just this one? Yeah, okay. just this one. Just this one. Uh, here's how it's going to happen. He's going to rush a lot. This is a rush first offense, and he's going to do plenty of running. In his two starts last season, he ran 24 times for 120 yards. I have reason to believe that is a 60-yard per game average. Mm. And he averaged five yards per carry. Uh, that would put him on pace for a 1,000-yard rushing season out of a quarterback, Trey wow. Lance. Now, Let's just pres- let's let's assume he's not going to drop thirty passing touchdowns because now we'd be talking about him being QB one. Instead, let's assume Trey Lance is going to be more like a 22, 25 touchdown passer, a lim- you know, a modest passer, consistent with most quarterbacks' first year. Well, the beauty of it is all he has to do is get the hands. The ball in the hands of his playmakers. He's got so many playmakers who will make up for the differential in talent that he may have as a first-year passer. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, all players who can do special things after the catch. I don't need him to be Joe Montana. I just need him to be a guy who can get the ball in the hands of his players. And Trey Lance will end up with solid passing numbers and possibly fantastic rushing numbers and will finish as a top-five quarterback. Matt, your second of two peacock-offs. Adam Thielen is a wide receiver one. Mm. Uh, Thielen is currently going off the board at number 73, first pick in the seventh round, ADP. Wide receiver number 31 off the board. And all he's done for you in the last 28 games that he's played is score 24 touchdowns. Unreal. Just almost a touchdown per game. And that was in the run first, run second, run early and often Mike Zimmer offense. And now he's got new head coach Kevin O'Connell, a former quarterback, former Rams offensive coordinator. He's ready to pass the ball, especially near the stripe when he was with the Rams last year. Kevin O'Connell's offense threw the ball inside the 10-yard line, the second most in the league. Cooper Cup, who lines up similarly to Thielen on the field, led the league in inside the 10 targets. Mm. Now, the question for Thielen is always health. Can he stay on the field for 17 games? If he can, double-digit touchdowns are a lock because he did that in each of the last two seasons. Feels that way. The only, there was only seven other wide receivers to hit the 10-touchdown mark last year, and from a PPG perspective, points per game, Thielen was pretty much even with T. Higgins, Jalen Waddell, Mike Williams. All of those guys are getting drafted yeah. as wide receiver ones. Why not Adam Thielen? I like it. That one. See, I like yours. You don't like mine. I know, I, I because like, mine like make yours. more sense. Well, there's, there's that. Brian, your second of two peacock-offs. 
Philadelphia's Dallas Goddard will finish as a top four tight end. I can't say top three because he's not going to beat out Kelsey Andrews or my boy Kyle Pitts, but he's going to finish as number four. Uh, Last year, he finished as tight end eight, which doesn't sound that far off from top four, but when it comes to points scored, it was a lot, trust me, (laughs) between top four and top eight. Uh, But a lot of things weren't going Goddard's way last year. Of course, Zach Ertz was on the Eagles for about half of the season, soaking up half of the tight end targets. Goddard was also often dinged up. Uh, missed two games entirely due to injury. And as a result, he only saw 76 targets. But if he can get bumped up to that 100-plus target range, which I think happens, all the metrics are there for a breakout year for Goddard if he can get that volume. He averaged 2.2 points per target in PPR leagues. That's uh, excellent numbers per target uh, for Goddard. He also was second in yards per reception among tight ends at 14.9 yards. He was first in yards per route run among tight ends, and he led all tight ends and completed air yards per target at 6.4. And now with A.J. Brown uh, in Philly at wide receiver along with Devontae Smith, they're going to take up a lot of attention from opposing defenses. And, of course, no Zach Ertz anymore. Uh, Dallas Goddard going around tight end 7, 8, maybe 9, but I think he's got that top four potential this year. I I agree with that, too. I'm I'm with you. It doesn't even sound that bold when you Mm. frame it up that way. Mission accomplished. Our final <laughs> peacock off. I pose to you, my Fantasy Football Weekly co-host, is Royce Freeman a particularly good running back? No. Is Dari Agumbawale a particularly good running back? No. Is Marlon Mack a particularly good running back? Maybe at one time. Is Rex Burkhead a particularly good running back? No. He was in week 17. <laughs> I used him as my take-on player, and it hit for some guy. He insisted on Venmoing me 50 bucks. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, sure. We encourage that behavior, yeah. listeners, Definitely. to be clear. All of that together, that's the competition. We should put our Venmo handle Tip, out there. Tipping is our, preferred, our, really. Our Twitter, <laughs> at BTXJ81. If you want to Venmo me some money, I won't be opposed to it. <laughs> Those are the players Damian Pierce has for competition for carries in Houston. He's already running with the first team often in practice. Damian Pierce, Houston Texans. Now, I know everybody's like, oh, it's the Texans. I don't want any part of the Texans. A, that was last year. Overhauled coaching staff, improved offensive line, put a first rounder into the offensive line. I'll uh, I'll remind you of that. And Damian Pierce is a pretty uniquely gifted back. He is a big-bodied back who can easily be built for goal line use. He runs inside very well and surprisingly soft hands. In college, they threw to him downfield frequently. I've talked about him last week, too. I'm going to keep talking about Damian Pierce until I'm proven wrong. Great opportunity for a player who, at a minimum, should get goal line use. And to make official my prediction here, as in my peacock off, I predict Damian Pierce will finish as an RB2 mm. this year, which puts him as a top 24 running back. I'm totally with you on this one, Charge. Wow. All right. I guess that one made sense. So it's not all just no. it's not all personal. Yeah. All right, good. Matt, we promised to talk about the best and worst offensive lines. Sure. Tell me, uh, let's start with the best. I, yeah, let's yeah. start with the best. So I took a look at the top and bottom five offensive lines from both pro football focus and football guys. I mashed them together. I came up with a couple teams that you might want to bump up and down a few spots on your cheat sheet. There were three teams that were in the top five in both lists. Number one overall on both was Philadelphia. That's Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell. Um, 
Brian talked a little bit about uh, Dallas Goddard. He might be the guy who is maybe in the best position here. He's a tight end who doesn't have to stay in and block. Mm. He's got the best offensive line, line in the league. Yeah, I like he that can angle. go. He can yeah. go out there. Add that to your God, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, absolutely. Right there. And with Zach Ertz fully out of the picture, Goddard could be looking at a huge volume year. Uh, the next team, this one was a little bit of a surprise. The Detroit Lions. Lions, you said. DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, DJ Chark, Jamison Williams, and Jared Goff. Ah. Uh, Hawkinson, the same way, should be free to catch passes for the same reason Goddard is. Mm-hmm. And Jared Goff might be operating behind the best offensive line he's ever had. In most single quarterback fantasy leagues, he's not even being drafted. But look at the weapons around him. Yeah. And look at the line. And if Goff can't get it done this year, well, he, he's he's a backup for the remainder of his career. Yeah, that is, this, prob- this, that is th- probably This true. is it for yeah. Jared Goff. He's got to perform this year. That doesn't necessarily mean he will. But you're right. That's true. You, you make a great case that behind that offensive line with the weapons around him, Goff's going to be startable from time to time. And yeah. If you can pick the right spots... That could make a lot of sense, and if you slough quarterback completely, or mm-hmm. you're just looking for your backup, that he's going to be a take a chance on me quarterback several it's times gonna, this you're, year. You're exactly oh, right. And if you've been watching Hard Knocks, there is a vibe in Detroit right now. I've bought in. I think most people who have uh, been watching Hard Knocks believe that there's going to be a, a big jump for the Lions this year. Uh, I'll finish up with the one more offensive line that uh, is is really great, and that's the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jacoby Brissett, slash QB Browns, Amari Cooper, and David Njoku. I mean, Chubb's the guy. If Hunt is traded before the season begins, I think Brian said, Dearness Johnson probably hops into that Hunt role. But if QB Browns is cleared to play, it's the best O-line that he's ever had. He never had one like that in Houston. And if it's Jacoby Brissett, I mean, well, he spent all those years in Indy with a great offensive line, so we know exactly what we're getting. <laughs> behind one, yeah. uh, also, David Njoku is the last tight end in ADP that I think I'd draft, and it gets scary after that. But Njoku, for the same reason, probably won't have to stay in and block too much. I will mention that the other teams that were mentioned as top five teams but didn't make both lists, Tampa Bay, who just lost their starting center, Ryan Jensen, probably for the year. Uh, Green Bay, both of their starting tackles, David Bakhtiar and Elgton Jenkins, are dealing with some injuries from last year, which we've mentioned a few times. Kansas City, the interior line is awesome, but Orlando Brown and Lucas Niang are average at best tackles. And then New Orleans, who came in at number four on football guys' rankings, but number 21 on Pro Football Focus's rankings. Well, they lost Taron Armstead, which is a huge uh, loss. I know, but I'm I'm not sure who to believe here. But these are fro- Pro Football Focus's rankings of this year's offensive yeah. line, yeah. like this year's version. So I do know that their new tackle, Trevor Penning, likes to get in fights. Yeah. He was kicked out Good. of training camp for getting in fights with his own players too nice much. feisty, that's all. But, uh, yeah, New Orleans is definitely an interesting one with Kamara, Jameis Winston, and all those receivers. So... Uh, we can maybe talk the bottom defensive or offensive lines a little bit later in the show. Yeah, if you I want. yeah, we'll have to do those a little bit later. I do value. I put a I put a premium on players behind a great offensive line, and why I believe the Bengals can be one of the safer offenses is because of that a blend of, mm-hmm. of good players and it, which should be a very good offensive line. And I you know I I value safety. That's always you know always one of the th- sure things that we want to try to get to, without a doubt. And you know we'll talk about the bad offensive lines. It affects my rankings as well. You know we've 
We've seen lots of players who struggle when you have to make up your own yards. And a little teaser on the bad offensive lines. A lot of them are ones you'd expect, but there's one offensive line that everybody's drafting lots of players from this team, and I'm a little afraid of them now. Are you? Yeah. Oh, all right. So. We'll, we'll, keep our, we'll keep our eyes out for that. Uh, three tough questions when we come back. This is a game in which I pepper my co-hosts with three tough questions, as the name suggests. And you can try to play along, see if you can go three and oh. We'll talk to you about the players we love and the players that we love, but we can't draft them because of where they're going in the drafts. Love the player, hate the ADP. That's coming up a little later as well. And we'll release our favorite sleepers later in this show as well. If you haven't tried a guillotine yet, guillotineleagues.com. It's your chance to play. You've heard me talk about this format before. Instead of playing head-to-head, 18 teams start the season. The low-scoring team gets cut every week, and their players go to the waiver wire where pandemonium breaks out as you are now bustling to try to get some of the elite players across the league and build a superstar roster guillotine leagues.com it's not like any other way you've played season-long fantasy and my cheat sheet is available there for free as well guillotine leagues.com back for hour number two in moments this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back. Hour number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and GuillotineLeagues.com. Brian Johnson, GuillotineLeagues.com. And Matt Harrison, ShockFantasy.com. You just uh, you just had a shock fantasy guillotine league that you filled, I believe. Yeah, just with my shock fantasy members, and right. uh, if if anybody wants to, uh, you know, check out the stuff that we do. Vulture is a good promo code. Oh, I like for it. a shock fantasy uh, a subscription. I'll give fifteen dollars off the cover price, and uh, yeah, have fun. Vulture shockfantasy.com. I like the sound of that. This is a game we call three tough questions. I will pepper my co-hosts with three tough questions, beginning mm. with. And play along, by the way. Tough question number one. It's pick 20 in your draft. So it's pick 20. We're at the end of the second round of most drafts. Alvin Kamara is available. That's his ADP. Pick 20. We don't know the status of his possible suspension. 
Are you pulling the trigger at pick 20, Matt? So I looked up the ADP, and I saw that Kamara was sitting there, and then I looked to the guy after him as Saquon Barkley. And we just got done listening to Brian say he's going to be running back one overall. If Saquon Barkley's there, I'm taking him. If Aaron Jones is there, I'm taking him. If Mark Andrews is there, I'm taking him. Point is, there's too many good players at the end of the second for me to spend it on a guy with a looming four to six game suspension, maybe. I'm not going to take Alvin Kamara there. All right, Brian, Alvin Kamara, it's pick 20. He's on the board. Are you taking him? Uh, yes, I am, and I'm taking him even sooner than that. The only running back, if I'm going running back early second round, if Saquon Barkley isn't there, I'm taking Alvin Kamara overall. The other guys that Matt just mentioned, I'm I'm just going into this. His earliest court date is going to be October. October. Yep. I just don't think this doesn't get settled outside of the lines, out, off the field, whether it's charges, a, a settlement, until the season's over. I think he plays the whole year, and he's worth – the risk at uh, at pick twenty and even earlier to me, where uh, yeah, I w- I would take him there. And uh, again, I think I think he plays the full year, and he's one of those guys that can be a true bell cow. There's only a handful at running back, and if Kamara is not suspended and healthy, which is the case as of right now, uh, he's going to be the bell cow in a, what should be a very good offense behind a a pretty good off- offensive line, which which we discussed in the last segment. So yes, the answer is yes for me. Like you, I don't believe the suspension. He may be zero games, but it feels like one game, two games, he punched a guy. Which, compared to a serial sexual predator potentially getting six games, you know, it feels like nothing. So, if it might, it to me, my guess is we're going to be in the zero, one, two missed games for Alvin Kamara for this year. And this is how you win leagues mm-hmm. by getting elite players that have something. That is causing the the Eeyore dark cloud. The, that yes, and the 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 tepid, the uh, the frightened, easily frightened to stay away from them. If you can get a deal on an elite, proven fantasy player, I think you take it. Now imagine this: if he does get the zero, the one, or the two game suspension, he's going to rock it like you know. Eight, ten spots. He's going to move from the back of the second round to the first of the second round. You're getting, you're getting a steal. End of second round. The correct answer is yes. We are pulling the trigger. Tough question number two. How many reliable tight ends are there this year? Now, Brian, before that, you before you answer, you know, listeners might be saying, "Well, what does reliable mean?" Mm-hmm. Here's what reliable means in my mind to frame up this question a little bit further. You're not. You're going into the weekend feeling pretty confident that you're going to get a good result from your tight end, which for the most of the last like four years, most of us don't walk into our weekend feeling like it's going to go that way. So when I say reliable, you have a you have a reasonable reason to believe you're going to get good productivity out of your tight end this week. Now I, I was just pumping up Dallas Goddard in the last segment, but he's not on my list of. I think he can get to this list of re- short list of reliable mm-hmm. tight ends. He has that potential. He's not on it right now, but for me right now, it's only four. And it's uh, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and Darren Waller. Those are the tight ends who are basically wide receivers, meaning they take 70, 80%, 90% even, even of their snaps, either from the slot or outside. They're not relied on for blocking, really. It's just they are pass-catching tight ends who are the ones who you basically would never bench regardless of matchup. There are other tight ends and some people might be saying, where is George Kittle on this list? Uh, it, we'll talk about 
him a little later in the show why I don't have him on this list. But for me, four reliable tight ends. There are other guys with the potential, but going into the season right now, I just got the four. Okay. Uh, Matt, how many reliable tight ends are there this year? You never give us like what your reliable means, and then you spring it to us on the show. So I was looking at it. Do you judge reliability as no questions surrounding them at all? Because if that's, oh, that's the case, yeah, there's none because right. Kelsey lost Tyreek, Kittle has injury history, with and Trey Lance. Pitts has no line, and Marcus Mariota. Andrews lost Hollywood. So my, my four that I had, similar to Brian's, Kelsey, Pitts, Andrews, and I have Kittle over Waller because I just don't trust Waller's injury history right now. Um, but none of these players has a perfect road here, but they're all just individually talented enough to overcome these obstacles for me. So I'll say four. All right. So you guys have four. Correct answer is seven reliable tight ends this year. Uh, In addition to the four we've already talked about, Dallas Goddard is in for me for the reasons Brian elucidated Mm -hmm. earlier in this show. You certainly convinced me. Zach Ertz should be in. He finished since his trade forward. He was tight end five last year. He was a reliable player. And nobody included Dalton Schultz. 80 receptions last year, 800 yards and eight touchdowns. Those are very good tight end numbers, and they should only go up with the dearth of receiving talent. Which one did you not have between Waller and Kittle then? Waller was out. Because that would be eight. Waller's out. Waller's out. Waller's out. Yeah. Kittle's in. And I know Kittle Scott does have his own history of injury, sure. <laughs> but when when healthy, he is absolutely a reliable producer. Mm-hmm. Questions? They all, they every player you can find a question mark on every player. Reliable means I put him in my lineup and I don't have night sweats going into the weekend. Those are the seven tight ends that won't keep you awake nights. Tough question number three. If this season were to play out nine times, nine times, nine times. Oh, it's the nine times game. It is the nine time game. It's back nine times. If this nine season were to times. play out nine times, how many times would Gabriel Davis outscore Stefan Diggs? Matt. So in limited regular season action uh, as the third or fourth wide receiver in Buffalo, Davis has seven and six touchdowns in his two seasons. And that's just regular season. He had five in the playoffs last year, so that's 18 touchdowns total in two years as the third or fourth option at best. Diggs has never been known as a huge end zone guy, but his two years in Buffalo, he's been very solid. Eight and ten touchdowns, that's really good. But he's not going to suddenly put up like 16 touchdowns in a season, so I think that this is pretty close. Uh, They both average about nine touchdowns per year. Nine times. I think... Davis would take four of the nine. It's pretty close, but I will give Diggs the slight edge. He'll get five of the nine. Davis will get four. All right, Brian, if they were to play out this season, nine times. how nine many times. times would Gabriel Davis outscore Stefan Diggs? So the last time we saw Gabe Davis in the divisional <laughs> round against uh, the Chiefs. I remember that game. He had eight catches for 201 yards and four <laughs> touchdowns. Now, of course, we must extrapolate this. <laughs> Over a 17 game, now a please, 17 game full season. Tell me these numbers. So we're looking at, and this is scientific fact here. Science. 136 catches for 3,417 yards and 68 <laughs> touchdowns. Just one shy that might be a record. of 69 for Gabriel Davis. And if he reaches those numbers, which he could, I'm going to guess he outscores Stephon Diggs nine out of nine times. <laughs> Of course, I'm kidding here. Um, I basically agree with Matt. I think Davis is on the, the up and up, but I, uh, 
Diggs is still the clear wide receiver one who opposing defenses can't afford to just roll all the coverage onto Stephon Diggs either. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go a little less than Matt and say Davis would outscore Diggs three of the nine times. If you played it out nine times. The correct answer is exactly three times. Uh, Gabriel Davis is has the potential to get the touchdown productivity that we haven't seen from Stefan Diggs. Diggs is still a special player, obviously. And we trust him a lot more for receptions and yards. But never been somebody with the high touchdown upside. That's where Gabriel Davis can eat into it. Current ADP differential is 60 picks wow. between the two. That's five Six, rounds exactly. 60 picks. That gives a, uh, I think, if I were to ask, would you rather pay ADP 12 or ADP 75? I think we'd all take Gabriel Davis at ADP 75, right? I think so. Sounds, that does make sense. Uh, All right, Matt, let's go back to your, uh, let's go back to your off, uh, your offensive line analysis from last segment. Last segment, you you highlighted your the favorite, top offensive your line. best offensive yeah. lines. Now let's go for the ones that people should show some caution on. Now let's go for the jugular. Uh, the consensus bottom five offensive lines. We're going to start with Seattle. Uh, my guy Ken Walker, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Penny, Noah Fant, Geno Smith, or Drew Locke. Let's give two backup quarterbacks a bottom five offensive line and see what happens. Yeah. Let's give a running back who gets injured every three games a bottom five offensive line and see what happens. How much of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett's production was tied to Russell Wilson's ability to just keep a play Improvise. alive? Yeah, a lot. Uh, that, that, Presumably. It, I'm, I'm very scared of DK Metcalf this year. I'm completely off of Tyler Lockett. He won't be on any of my teams. Well, but. I'm going to jump in for just a second because yeah. we talked about this in our offseason Fantasy Football Weeklies. Mm-hmm. For whatever it's worth, in the Geno Smith starts last year, he played three full games yep. in about half of another game. DK Met- it was all DK Metcalf. All, DK Metcalf. all DK Metcalf. He was a top 10 wide receiver in three of those four weeks. That is until Drew Locke becomes the quarterback yeah, at some not- point. <laughs> no. it, they're they're going to go back and forth. It's going to be strange. I don't, know. I don't think Drew Locke's good enough to even. Look, I don't think Geno Smith is great, but I don't think Drew Locke's good enough to even take it away right. from Could him. be. We'll see. Uh, second team that was on the consensus bottom five offensive lines, that's yeah. the Chicago Bears. Uh, that's David Montgomery, Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, and Cole Komet. The Bears are just in full tank mode, and it's weird because they spent a ton of draft capital to j- draft Justin Fields, and then they're going to serve him to the Wolves for like two to three years. Yeah, it's just bizarre. I'm worried they're going to ruin him. Uh, the good news is the four guys that I mentioned likely are their only fantasy producers, so there's very little guesswork in what you have to do. A little nervous that Cole Komet might not be able to get out in coverage enough because mm-hmm. he's back blocking a little bit. Uh, the offensive line that maybe scares me the most out of all the teams this year, consensus bottom five offensive line, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, or Zamir White. Uh, the Raiders have had or the Raiders did have a very good offensive line in 2020. Yeah, they blew it up. And they blew it up. They shipped away almost all of it in the last year and a half. They had 2021 first-rounder Alex Leatherwood playing guard last year. He was the second lowest-graded guard by Pro Football Focus. So what do you do? You shift him to right tackle. Let's just have him learn a new position. And, you know, tackle might, might be a little bit more important. Does this possibly hurt Darren Waller the most out of everybody? They might have to, A, 
keep him into block, or B, maybe he's just not on the field and Foster Moreau's into block. Devontae Adams has never played on a team with an offensive line this bad, ever. Yeah. I'm really nervous about the Raiders. So, um, And then the other teams that were receiving votes, there's four more that uh, were on one list but not the other. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they haven't fixed that line in years, so it will either be sad Trombonski or rookie Kenny Pickett trying to run for their lives. Atlanta, they're another team in rebuild. Their quarterbacks are a little bit more mobile than some others we've talked about in this case. So they might be oddly equipped for this weakness, but they're going to be running for their lives. Uh, The New York Giants, uh, football guys had them ranked as their worst offensive line. Pro Football Focus had them at 20, so kind of in the middle. Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal at least appear to be their tackles of the future, and if both are fine, I think they're going to be okay. Well, 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 wait a minute. I, I just, I, just moments ago, I heard that Saquon Barkley was going to be the highest scoring running back in fantasy they got, football. They got two good tackles. Hey, this is somebody else's ranking about the Giants being the worst. I, I think that they're they might be in there. I'm not saying that they're the worst or the best or anything like that. I'm taking I'm, I'm just looking at here. a bunch of those like 15 catch games that Barkley had in yeah, his rookie really. year. That's what we need. Uh, and then Jacksonville, they gained Brandon Scherf, but they lost their yeah. best lineman in Brandon Linder to retirement. Trevor Lawrence might be skittish again this year, and so a little nervous about the Jaguars still. I like that the Giants added Evan Neal. That could help. They, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like they haven't tried. No, they, they, they put draft picks. They, they put, put free two agent first money. rounders into yeah, it. They've yeah. they've tried. It just to this point has not worked out very well. All right, when we come back, plenty more to get to over the course of the show, including we love the player, but we hate the average draft position. Players we love, but players we're not willing to pay for. Find out who they are when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com. Brian Johnson, guillotineleagues.com. Matt Harrison, Shock Fantasy. Thank you for listening. You're number 28 for this particular show. This segment is called Love the Player, Hate the Average Draft Position. We're going to give you a player at every position that we we love the guy. Mm-hmm. We'd happily take him on our roster. But where they're being drafted is just too high. We begin at the quarterback position. Matt, who is your first love the player, hate the ADP? I have Lamar Jackson here, and um, I hate the ADP because as the fourth quarterback off the board at the fourth, fifth round turn, there's still too many good running backs and wide receivers here. Uh, Jackson was more dinged up last year than ever, had a back injury in week four, had an ankle sprain in week 14 that knocked him out for the rest of the season. He only had two multiple passing touchdown games last year. Uh, He only topped 270 yards three times in 13 games. He lost his best wide receiver in Hollywood Brown, and they replaced him with nothing. And he's in a contract year, and he's his own agent. And if he had an agent, an agent might tell you, hey, protect yourself. Make sure you're going to be healthy going into free agency. He's got to tell himself that, and yeah. will he listen to himself? Will he protect his body? Will the injuries creep back up? There's too many questions for the fourth quarterback off the board. Makes sense, Lamar Jackson. We talked about if you're going to take him, Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Tyler is. Huntley. I, I, I like that play a lot. Yep, I, Tyler Huntley is the way to go. Uh, okay, Brian, your love the player, hate the ADP quarterback. I alluded to this earlier. I love Joe Burrow. In reality football, but I hate his ADP in fantasy football this year. It's right around uh, 75, which is early seventh round, and he's going off the board around quarterback eight. Uh, and this has nothing to do with the appendectomy. I'm sure he's going to be fine week one. I love what the Bengals did by bolstering their yeah, offensive line. What's not we mentioned to like that here. a lot. I'm just not taking a non-mobile quarterback. When I say non-mobile, he's athletic, but they don't design runs for Joe Burrow. They no, don't want him blowing no. out his knee again in the early seventh round. I, he's got two great receivers, I know, but... The position is just way too deep for me. Give me Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins in round, many later rounds than where Burrow is going. They are comparable enough for me. And for what it's worth, and it's worth something to me, the Bengals had the easiest strength of schedule for quarterbacks last season. Going into this year, they have the toughest mm. strength of schedule mm. for quarterbacks. And it's especially brutal in the second half of the season uh, for Burrow. I'm not going to dive too deep into the schedule. but So if, if you do draft Burrow and it gets off to a hot start, might be a guy you want to sell uh, high on uh, in the early months of the season, but I just Burrow's going too early for me. I'll wait on the quarterback rather than taking him. Well, if you don't like Burrow at pick, what would you say, 75? You're For all the same reasons, you're not going to like Justin Herbert at 37. Justin Quarter- who? Oh, of course. What am I saying? <laughs> Justin Air Bear. Quarterback three, pick 37. Yeah, I'd rather take Burrow. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's a lot of the same with Herbert. Now, Herbert does run a little. He's three touchdowns a year, 300 rushing yards a year. You know, so it's not like he's totally immobile, but he's certainly not a rushing quarterback. And I just can't pay that kind of premium price, pick 37, for a non-rushing quarterback. And at pick 37, look at the other players that are sitting there. If I want a tight end, if I want a difference maker at tight end, I can take George Kittle. If I want a massive PPR receiver, I can take Deontay Johnson. If I want to have a young, potentially uber-talented wide receiver, I could take Jalen Waddell, pick 37. All guys that are going to be there, I can't put 
a pick 37 against a quarterback who can't get me rushing yards and rushing touchdowns and passing productivity. Let's go to the running back position. Matt, who is a player you love but won't draft because of his average draft position? I don't hate Christian McCaffrey, despite what Twitter thinks right now. Mm. But I won't draft him at pick number two or at pick number one, which a lot of people are saying, yeah, draft CMC at pick number one. He's missed 23 games with injury in the last two seasons. He's only played 10. Those injuries are September 2020, right high ankle sprain. November 2020, AC joint sprain in his shoulder. December 2020, thigh strain. September 21, hamstring strain. November 21, left high ankle sprain. Mm. He sprained both ankles. Those are recurring injuries, by the way. Ankles suck. Ankles do. Uh, In seven games last year, and he played seven last year, he only scored twice. Yeah. Two touchdowns total. Hasn't had a 100-yard rushing day since week 10 of 2019. That was two years, nine months, and two days ago. The folks at Sports Injury Predictor gave him an 84% chance of injury where he misses at least two quarters this year. I mean, the upside is massive. He could be the best fantasy player in the league if healthy, but the risk is what kills you. Just ask anyone who's drafted, oh, Christian McCaffrey in the last two years. Yeah, or in a guillotine league, bid on Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Got him. You get cut. He's back to free agency. Somebody else bids him. They get you cut. You guys have to have to the stats agency. about how many times Christian oh, McCaffrey was the, picked up in Fab last he's year. He's the ultimate. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we we did. We actually looked at this. Well, the it last was, two years, we always talk about the most chopped players, and McCaffrey was like on the list every week. Yeah, every, the last, every week. Essentially well, every yeah, week. Absolutely. We encourage <laughs> yeah. you to check out the Chop podcast, by the way. Yeah. The Team League podcast. It's great. It is great. Thank you very much. We we couldn't we agree more. We agree with that a lot. We no, agree more with ourselves more all the time. <laughs> Who is uh, Brian? Your running back that you love but will not draft because of his average draft position. Love Nick Chubb, uh, but hate the ADP uh, at twenty six, which is an early third round pick at RB fourteen. Now that's not really super expensive, but it still feels like a trap to me uh, as a player. Again, he's about as elite as they come, but his surrounding circumstances are less than ideal. He does have the good offensive line, but yeah, lots of questions that. at court, questions at quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. Not going to dive into that too much, but I feel like it's going to be Jacoby Brissett for the majority of the season, or maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, which isn't a huge upgrade over Brissett in my mind. Um, even if Kareem Hunt is traded, Chubb will still be mired in a platoon with either with either Dearness Johnson and or rookie Jerome Ford. And if Hunt is traded, it's not like, again, he's going to be in the platoon, Chubb is, and he's just not utilized in the passing game. Just 36 catches over the last two seasons for Chubb. So guys I like in that range a little more than Chubb, um, Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, they just feel like they're in line for the more guaranteed touches. Nick Chubb is just, he's in that timeshare. Man, I'm taking Chubb in the third round all day long. <laughs> I, I highlighted it last week, Brian, you weren't here, but 17% of Cleveland's runs last year went for 20 plus yards. One in six of their runs 20 yards. went 20 yards or more. How many were Chubbs? A lot. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Deer, well, Chubb missed like four games, and Dearness Johnson looked very good in his. his well, so good up. that apparently Kareem Hunt wants to get out of the yeah. way. We'll yeah. Get, well, let me out of here. All right. The running back I love but hate the average draft position is Javante Williams at pick 20. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's awfully early. Um, you're paying a workhorse price for a timeshare back. 
Mm-hmm. That's the problem with pick 20. At pick 20, I want somebody. If I'm taking a running back at pick 20, it's got to be. It's got Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara also right in that pick yeah. 20 range. I want somebody who is a workhorse back. And we know Javante Williams is going to cede half of his carries to Melvin Gordon. We talked about it in detail last week about Melvin Gordon. Now, sure, if he goes down in a freak dirigible accident, Williams is going to be great. But until that happens, we think, unless Mike Boone shows up. Um, yeah, at that point, I'm going with uh, workhorse back, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, James Conner, somebody else. Lots of dirigible accidents in the Rocky uh, Mountains. Very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, Pikes Peak will sneak right up on you. Yeah, it's sharp. By the way, went to Pikes Peak uh, I don't know, about six weeks ago. Went, drove up to the top. Mm-hmm. I, what I did not expect, even though it takes you a half hour, 45 minutes to drive to the top, mm-hmm. you get out of the car and you're woozy. Oh yeah, I mean, you're like whoa. The, the elevation like, changes. Whoa, it's something. Yeah, that's uh, it, I'm. I did not expect it's to four, be like fourteen thousand feet, charge. I know, but I didn't think I'd walk out of my car and like have have my knees ready to buckle. If you get hurt in the Rockies, you might want to be worth going to Red Rocks to see if Jesus is there. Like Antonio, <laughs> he might be able to help you out. In any given show, there are a number of people who think they're Jesus mm. in the crowd in Red sure. Rocks. Let's uh, continue on with players we love but hate their average draft position, and let's go to the wide receiver position, Matt. I got Devontae Adams, who's going off the board at pick number 11 in the first round right now, and this is just a huge unknown. There's a switch from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. There's a switch from a good offensive line to a bad one. The switch from a great running game in Green Bay to a suspect one at best in Vegas. Also, Hunter Renfro is good enough and probably one of the better wide receivers he's ever played beside he demands target share. So does Darren Waller when he's healthy. Will Josh, Josh McDaniels call enough pass plays for Adams? Also, Adams turns 30 in December, although he does have a birthday game, Brian, against the Steelers on Christmas Eve. <laughs> You've already looked ahead yeah. for potential birthday games. Yep, he's All got right. one this year. Uh, he's dealt with injuries in each of the last three years, and why not take Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb? Those players are much more bankable at the end of the first. All right. Brian, who is the wide receiver you love but will not pay his ADP? Love Debo Samuel, but hate the ADP of 17, which is a, a an early to mid-second-round pick. He's going off the board as, at wide receiver 7. Now, Debo was certainly a cheat code player last year. Was. Like Cooper Cup and Hunter Renfro, we helped win a lot of leagues, but I'm not paying that premium price tag uh, on Debo uh, this preseason. It's just way too expensive for me. I, I don't know if his rushing is sustainable. Eight of his 14 touchdowns came on the ground last year. He had six receiving touchdowns and eight rushing touchdowns. But the, Okay, but the, the eight rushing touchdowns does feel heavy, but the six receiving touchdowns feels light. I could see those two swinging evenly the other direction and correcting to still the same total. We'll see. I mean, and I like Trey Lance, not as much as you, but... Uh, Verdict's still out on Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a change I at agree. quarterback for San Francisco. Debo also got paid this offseason a lot. Yeah. Will the motivation be there still? TBD. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Will the and, coaching uh, staff be motivated to give him all those extra touches after they paid him so yeah, much? Yeah, Brandon oh, Ayuk was basically should. bad last year, but people are back on the Ayuk train. And I don't know. And George Kittle's in the mix. We're going to talk about him in a second, actually. But Debo is way too expensive as a, an early to mid-second round pick for me. By the way, yeah, we get plenty of things wrong in this show. But last preseason, at least some of us on this show were talking up Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wide receiver I love as a receiver but will not draft is Terry McLaurin. Terry! 
Terry McLaurin. Oh, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Going off the board at pick 46 overall. That's too high for me. Now, granted, we've only ever seen him with middling to bad quarterbacks, but that's what he's got right now as well. McLaurin just hasn't proven to have the juice for upside potential. He does not have the explosive games in him. And even the middling games aren't that high. Just not enough upside. At pick 46, I, I'm looking for a wide receiver at pick 46 that can end up being a lock wide receiver one most weeks. And I don't think that's Terry McLaurin with the quarterbacking he's got. Let's go to the tight end position. Who is the tight end that you love but will not pay the average draft position, Matt? Uh, Brian, can you take your headphones off and shut your mic down for a little it's bit? It's Dan Arnold? We're no, about, no, we're about no, we're, to fight. <laughs> that's Kyle Pitts. Uh, he's going in the early third, which means that if you truly want Pitts, you probably got to take him in the second. Uh, he's never scored an NFL touchdown in the United States of America. Mm. His only touchdown was in foggy London town last year. We've highlighted that the Falcons have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. They're starting a backup quarterback in Mariota or a third round rookie in Desmond Ritter. That's a significant downgrade from Matt Ryan. Pitts will mostly play wide receiver this year, and the good thing is is you'll probably get wide receiver production out of your tight end. That's yeah. good. But basically, he was the only target in town last year, and Drake London is another viable option this year. Well, that's good for an offense. Mm. If I want a part of the Atlanta passing game, yeah. I'm going to take Drake London in the seventh round and not Kyle Pitts in the second. And now for Are you going to play Drake London at tight end? No. (laughs) I don't want any part of the Atlanta passing game this year. And now for a rebuttal, (laughs) Brian Johnson. All I'll say is how often do we say don't focus so much on last year, right? True. Yeah. Do not. They're not going to replay last year. Touchdowns are fluky. And he had over a thousand yards. And I think you're just crazy for that one, Matt, but I still like you. That's all okay. right. I'm gonna, I'll talk about my guy right now. <laughs> like or tolerate. You already tipped your hand on who your guy is, but go ahead. Yeah, it, it's George Kittle uh, going off uh, 53rd overall. That's, uh, what, a late fifth-round pick, uh, tight end five. I mean, how can you not love George Kittle in, in the real world? Arguably the best overall tight end in the NFL, but that's a problem in fantasy football. I don't want my tight end being – Good overall. That means he's going to be used as a blocker. Well, they do use him as a blocker. And Kittle is using him a lot as a blocker. In fact, more than 80% of Kittle's snaps were taken in line last year. And yes, he runs routes on some of those snaps. Yes, he does. But he he has big games, but he has those massive dud games. He's just not consistent enough for me to be taken as tight end five in the late fifth round. Um, I, I'd rather take Dallas Goddard a couple of rounds later, who I talked about earlier in the show. And uh, you, you said you were worried about Darren Waller's injury history. Sure, I am a little bit too, but George Kittle has not played a full season since 2018, so he's no Iron Man either. And he that's because he, he's such a violent football player. I mean, he's if he was a, a, a pass-catching specialist, I'd pay that price, but uh, I'm out on Kittle at, at tight end five. Kittle is the single most dangerous tight end after the catch. He's you know he's, he's awesome. probably the most dangerous tight end you can draft. The range of outcomes with yeah. him is is yeah, as high fair. and low as any of them. That's fair. Uh, there is danger there. My tight end, that uh, player I love but will not draft, is Darren Waller. We've already referred to him a couple of times. We're picking on Brian. We really are. We're hitting all of Brian's guys here. 
Uh, he's going up the board as tight end five at pick 47 overall. Uh, just the one really good season for Darren Waller and one okay season. A significant increase in competition for targets now that Hunter Renfro's broken out. Devontae Adams has been added. Matt already talked about this as being a terrible offensive line. He may be asked to stay back and block more often because of that. And I could get tight ends I like Almost as much as Waller, like Dalton Schultz and Hawkinson and Ertz and Goddard, 20, 30, or 40 picks later. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm I'm out on Darren Waller. That is it for me. So there you go. A total of, what was that, 12 players that we love but will not draft? It's a lot of players. A lot of players. A dozen. Yeah. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next. We'll release this week's sleepers and discuss some of your most important best ball and guillotine league strategies. Stay tuned. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Final segment, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson, Matt Harrison with you. In our final segment each week, we release our Sleeper of the Week. Let's go around the table, beginning with Brian Johnson, who is your sleeper this week. I've got Texans, and we love the Texans on the show. I think I know, I'm weird, all in on the Texans. I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, it's very contrarian. Texans wide receiver Nico Collins, who I have dubbed uh, Nico Suave going into this season. Uh, mm. Collins was a rookie last year, drafted 87th overall. That was in the third round out of Michigan uh, by Houston. He has great size, six foot four, 215 pounds. Started last year on injured reserve, but was activated in October. He wasn't an immediate starter, but he became one and started eight games for Houston. And over his final five games, when Davis Mills was back as the starter, 
Colin started to pick it up. He averaged 8.5 PPR points per game with nearly a 20% target share. So he really started to come on uh, towards the end of the season. And uh, going into this year, he's the unquestioned starter opposite of Brandon Cooks. Dallas did draft John Mechie in the third round, but he will miss the entire season after getting diagnosed with leukemia. And uh, Brandon Cooks is going to draw... You know, the primary attention of the opposing defenses. I think that I like Davis Mills. I believe in I Davis Mills. I know you do too. Yep. And uh, I think the running game is going to be improved uh, behind Damian Pierce. And uh, I think Nico Collins could surpass a thousand yards and get you six, seven touchdowns potentially. Matt, who is your sleeper this week? We talked about how there were seven or eight tight ends that you could feel maybe comfortable about this year. That means there's four or five teams that are just grasping at straws for yeah. tight end this year. So I got Hayden Hurst, who I think is going to wow. be all right. In all right. The, That's in way the, off people's radar. In the I tight like end it. wasteland. Uh, mm-hmm. He's completed four seasons in the NFL. His first two were with the Ravens. Mark Andrews beat him out for the top tight end spot. But Andrews is great. The next year he was sent to Atlanta. He was the top tight end option there. Hurst finished as the number 12 tight end that season. Played a full year. Just put up solid numbers all around. Then Kyle Pitts showed up. And the Falcons line really sucked last year. And Hurst was tasked with staying to staying in line to keep Matt Ryan upright. Now he's in Cincinnati, a spot where CJ Uzoma just vacated. But Uzoma was tasked with staying in on that line last year, and the Bengals improved their offensive line quite a bit. Uh, there's a ton of good targets flanking the outside. The middle of the field is going to be just wide open for Hurst to exploit. And in the wasteland, I think you're going to kind of like a guy like Hayden Hurst a lot. I think he's going to be a frequent take-a-chance-on-me-tight end. Yeah. I like it. It's a nice angle. My favorite Hayden Hurst factoid is in 2018, he was drafted by the Ravens. First round. First round, 25th overall. Then Baltimore takes Mark Andrews in the yes. third round in the same draft. Isn't that wild? And we all know how that turned so out. You gotta and they drafted him above Lamar Jackson, too. Because Jackson was yeah. the end of that yeah. first round. Hayden Hurst yeah. above him. Yeah. yeah. And so they obviously they liked Hayden yeah. Hurst, so they drafted him, never thinking that Mark Andrews would fall as much as he did. And I mm-hmm. think they eventually he falls to the third round, and they're like, "Wow, we you know we got a second round grade on this guy. We're just going to take him because sure. we should. He's the best player available." And, and you mentioned Isaiah Likely. They don't need a tight end, but he probably fell enough that, where the they, they love him. And they keep finding tight ends yeah, they, in Baltimore, too. Dennis Pitta back in the day. Yeah, I mean, right. they, they just keep churning out tight ends there. My sleeper this week is Chargers wide receiver Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer, who everything clicked December 12th forward. So the five games from December 12th forward versus before then. His snaps per game. Before December 12th were 18. That jumped up to 48 per game, roughly triple. His targets went from two per game to six per game. Now, as a reminder, Josh Palmer was a rookie last year. He's heading into his sophomore year. His yards per game went from 14 to 37, roughly tripling. His touchdowns before and after December 12th went from one before December 12th to three in the five games after December 12th, exactly triple. And his fantasy points per game went from two PPR points to seven fantasy points per game, roughly triple. Palmer's getting first-team reps in OTAs, in minicamp, and now in training camp, and he's clearly outpaced any contenders for the third receiving job. Yep, it's obviously Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are 1A, 1B there. But getting the third receiving option for a team with an unsettled tight end is not a bad way to go in Justin Herbert. You know, we all think Justin Herbert's sitting on a really nice season. Mm -hmm. Had one last year. Having the lock third receiver in his sophomore year feels like a great spot to be. You can get Josh Palmer right now in the 
15th round wow. of your draft. That is my sleeper this week. All right, guys, let's talk uh, strategies for some of the unique ways to play. Beginning Guillotine League, near and dear to my heart, of yeah. course. Uh, Brian, you want to start the discussion on draft strategies for Guillotine Leagues? Yeah, Guillotine League's standard leagues are 18-team leagues, so you got to be very careful with your, uh, mm-hmm. your selections because you can get eliminated in week one. And really, the main thing you need to focus on is just draft for safety. That pretty much means don't draft a guy like Christian McCaffrey, who we mentioned ends up on the waiver wire yeah. every week, basically, or has over the last two years. You want to draft for safety, not for upside. You just don't want to come in last place. You're not last, you're first, basically. <laughs> right. Just you're not last, last you're first. in any given week. Just you don't get stay top. alive. And yes. by do that, doing that, you draft for safety. You don't draft for upside. And uh, I don't want to take up this whole segment myself, but a couple other things you don't want to do is uh, you don't want to stack players from the same team mm-hmm. or the same bye week. Uh, you want to spread that out. And uh, a great tiebreaker if you're torn between two players is uh, take the guy with the later bye week because yeah. you don't have to worry about benching him earlier on in the season. Yeah. So I... I'm in two guillotine league drafts right now. Uh, I have a guillotine league cheat sheet, by the way, over oh, at Shock I like Fantasy. Yeah, I call it the cheating death sheat. Oh, yeah, very, yeah. yeah that so works. Cheating head, death. Heads will roll. Yeah. Um, I try to plan my seasons in two different segments. Weeks one through five is season number one. Week six on is season number two. Um, in the, weeks, because the, the buys start in week six. Right? Yeah. Is that, okay. In in weeks one through five, I just need to survive and not finish last. So I'm looking for great matchups in the first couple of weeks. Hopefully, avoiding some of the stinker matchups. I'm also looking for guys who I think are going to get the heaviest volume in the first few weeks. Yeah, volume's a huge part of consistency that you want to have in a guillotine. League. And so one of the things that I kind of do when I make my cheat sheet is I look at every team in the NFL and I say. Who is going to get touches in Dallas? And I answer Zeke. So Zeke is a great pick. Yeah. Who is going to get touches in Arizona? I think it's going to be James Conner. So he's a great pick. So you look at the guys who are going to get the most touches. The knee-jerk reaction, who's going to get the most touches? That's huge. Because I'm hoping that I don't have to use my fab in the first five weeks. Yeah. I don't want to use any of my fab, if possible, in the first five weeks. But after that, once we hit week six... My roster is going to start changing on a weekly basis. It is. So I don't care about the schedule as much. I look one to two weeks ahead because yep. it's going to change so much. Um, I had a couple of bullet points, and you guys can tell me because you guys you guys are guillotine leagues. I'm not guillotine leagues, but these are the things I came up with. I never carry a second quarterback unless we're down to like the last four or five teams. Yeah, agreed. I downplay it's if there's one draft strategy I've got is I don't pay for quarterbacks in a guillotine league. And no, I, that's like a last round pick. And, or, and, yeah, and I only two. do it if I'm trying to block someone else on the quarterback thing in mm. those last four to five weeks. If Patrick Mahomes is there and I got Josh Allen, yeah, I'll take Patrick Mahomes so nobody else can have him. That's yeah. kind of how I play. Uh, I try to bleed the tight end market as quickly as possible in the draft. Because there's so few of them. And if you're in an 18 team league yep. and you've got Two of the eight tight ends that are good, that means oh, huge. That means 11, 12 teams are playing a really bad tight end that they have to play. That is a great point. And th- think of the difference between having one of the five or six, we said there were seven reliable yeah. tight ends, versus having the 18th most reliable tight end. You're going to war with 18th guy off the board is currently David Njoku. Yeah. So you're going to war with David Njoku hoping to not get cut when David Njoku could easily put up a zero-catch game, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where you could be headed. Massive differential at tight end. Um, how about this one? 
I think you only need two wide receivers. You get two good wide receivers, and I think oh. that's it. Wow. You look for high target players. High, or the high ceiling, low floor plays like Tyler Lockett will never make your lineup. Oh, the I, I try dangerous to get, player. I try to get two really good wide receivers, and then I try to fill up my bench with running backs. Wow. All yeah, right. For yeah. those that don't know, you only you only have to start two mandatory yeah. wide receivers and two running backs. Then there's two flex spots yes. along with quarterback tight end. But yeah. So if I can get a tight end as a good flex because I got two good tight ends and then I have three running backs playing in any given week, I'm feeling really good, and I don't think I need the extra wide receivers especially ones that just aren't as safe. I'll mention one other guillotine league draft tip. There's almost no rookie who's so safe that you can plan for that guy to start the first few not weeks of the week, season. Not in the first couple Look weeks. Look at Justin Jefferson, who leads the NFL all time in yards gained in the first two years of a career. He didn't start for the first month of his career. He couldn't beat out. He was B.C. Johnson was starting in place of him. It takes time for almost all rookies, even ones as good as Justin Jefferson, and you don't want to be the guy who's counting on those rookies in your guillotine league. Let those players go. I got one more thing. Brian oh, said good. Brian said that uh, you don't like to start two guys from the same team. Yeah. How do you guys feel about starting a tandem backfield? For instance, if you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think both of those guys get enough touches in a game where you feel pretty strongly about using Aaron Jones as your running back and using A.J. Dillon as your flex. Or in my case, I have a, I have a league where I just drafted both of the Patriots running backs. There's just a few backfields where yeah. I'd be comfortable doing that, and that's one of them. But yeah, I mean, again, early weeks, you just need 8 to 10 points per player, and you can get that out of Aaron Jones and yeah. A.J. Dillon. But that's why I'm looking for the touches. I'm, look, I'm looking for those touches overall. If I can get a guy who I know is going to get 12 to 15 touches. That's I'm enough. feeling pretty so- solid about yeah. them, get them getting in my lineup. Particularly earlier in the seat. When there's yeah. 18 teams in the league, A.J. Dillon's a starter. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and by week six, the, the, the strategy all changes. It does, <laughs> it does change by week six. Yep. It'll, six teams have been knocked out. Now we're in a 12-team league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you've, you've already added, you know, who knows, James Conner to your team. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, you know, your roster's all different six weeks in. It's part of the beauty of the Guillotine League. You can play at guillotineleagues.com. My cheat sheet is available for free there as well. Mm -hmm. Guillotineleagues.com. Lots of different ways to play. Super Chop High Stakes, the zombie mode variation, and your traditional Guillotine Leagues, both for private leagues with friends. You act like it's traditional, like it's been around forever. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Hey, three whole seasons of Guillotine Leagues. Uh, Brian, Matt, great job today. Thank you. Thank you. If you missed any part of the show, be sure to check out the podcast. You're listening to it over the air as well. Fantasy Football Weekly. Talk to you next week, everybody. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.